Silence! It's time! It's time! It's time for another episode of the Drunk Dash Nerds Podcast. Can you dig it, sucker? Grab a cinder scratch, sit back, and prepare to laugh. It's Drunk Dash Nerds Podcast. Podcast. Grab a cinder scratch, sit back, and prepare to laugh. It's Drunk Dash Nerds Podcast. Podcast. Grab a cinder scratch, sit back, and prepare to laugh. It's Drunk Dash Nerds Podcast. Podcast. Grab a six pack, sit back and prepare to laugh. It's Drunk Dash Nerds Podcast. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 234 of the Drunk Dash Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, as always. I'm Tyler. And joining me, we have the man, the myth, the legend himself. Sir, Colonel Gables, what's up, buddy? Hey, Tyler, I am doing fantastic. Going through the work week, and I have been playing games, and I've been pretty happy about it. <laughs> How have you been doing? I'm uh, doing all right, man. Same thing here. Getting through the work week, playing um, playing games when I can. Uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's going pretty good. Uh, it was funny, actually. Uh, Today I was out to eat with some friends to watch the uh, Iowa Hawkeye game. Yeah. And Justin texted me out of the blue. Uh, Justin's not here uh, this week, by the way, guys. Uh, and um, he's like, hey, did you hear the uh, uh, Nintendo doing the thing with Best Buy? You can go play the Super Mario Odyssey demo. Um, and wow. you get like a sticker booklet and stuff. I'm like, oh, that's cool. I was like, I'm actually like, I was just up to be right down the street from uh, a Best Buy. Yeah. Like, cool. Like, um, we're going to be leaving here soon. Just. If you want to go, let me know. He's like, cool, man. I'll be there in 15, 20 minutes or whatever. I'm like, cool. And then, um, so, uh, I get, uh, so I get, he's like, he texts me, he's here. And then I, I, that's when I drive off. It's two minute drive. Uh, get there. And as I'm pulling in the park, he's like, he calls me. He's like, I fucked up. <laughs> uh, and I'm like, what happened? He's like, I'm at the one in Mill Civic. I'm on the one in university. So oh. he went to the wrong Best Buy, but it worked out actually for him. Uh, so it's kind of a funny thing. It's whatever, but I thought it was pretty funny. Uh, he, uh, <laughs> so he, I went to the one uh, on one side of the town. He went to the one on the other side of the town, which actually worked out for him because I looked it up. Um, so I went inside there. I'm like, well, I guess it was only from like 12 to 3, and it was like 2.40 or something like that. Oh. And, and I might have been able to get there on time maybe. Um, it's not a big deal. I didn't even know it was a thing, so I'm not really upset about it. Uh, I'm not upset about it. Um, but it was just kind of like he called. It's like I, I looked it up, and it, the only only one in the entire state here in Iowa that was doing it was the one he was at. So it worked out for him. Uh, I went in there and I went to go. I checked. The, I waited for like these kids to leave for like fifteen twenty minutes. They kept playing the Pokemon tournament over yeah. and over again, and I was standing there like like hovering around there, like fucking stalking them. Like get the fuck out, guys! Get the fuck out! How many times do you have to play the demo? You can only pick between four characters. You played like five games. You can go. So finally, I leave. And I'm just like, maybe they got it there. And I look, they didn't have it there. Uh, which it's a week out. I'm not really, uh, you know, upset about. It. I'm not butthurt or anything about it. So it's whatever. I just thought it was a kind of a funny story. Just so happened that <laughs> it's just like I'm at I'm I'm at this one. Oh, I'm at this one. Ah. Okay. No, I- I think one of the funniest parts about it is just you're just waiting like impatiently behind these fucking kids just playing five rounds of pocket tournament. Just like, oh, I know. 
I'm gonna fucking burn you guys if you don't leave this fucking oh, stage. I, I was right getting so now. pissed because I kept walking around and there's a lot of South Park shit out now. And I'm a huge South Park fan. You get people know listen to yeah, yeah. know that. And I, I I recently, as of this week, got into Funko Pops. Yeah. Uh, which was a big mistake. Uh, oh no. I bought the um. There's a sale on Amazon and they, I bought the oh here it is. It is a Professor Chaos. Um, oh no. Uh, Funko Pop. It was like six bucks. So I bought it. And then I also bought the the Porg. He is like the the cutest little thing. He's he was in the uh, new uh, Star Wars Episode Eight trailer, so I bought him as well. He's like eight bucks, I think. <laughs> and so I'm walking around. There's all the South Park stuff out now around the gaming area, and there was like fifty fucking uh, Funko Pops of uh, South Park characters. I'm like, oh no, I want all of these. And I kept like hovering around them. Well, and it just swapped me one like one row away from these guys. So I'm sitting there staring at them, looking over at them, staring at these. I'm like, oh, should I get? I didn't buy him. I fought it. I resisted oh, the urge because I got because I got like <laughs> sixty fucking amiibo up here that if I can, <laughs> if someone offered me like four hundred bucks for, actually no, a hundred bucks for, you can fucking have them. Let me just keep the Yoshi's. That's that's all I care about. The Yoshi's. <laughs> yeah, just let me keep the Yoshi's and and the dog. Oh my god. Uh, so I don't want to get involved in this shit again. Um, the Lego Dimension stuff just ended, and uh, that's one less thing for me to worry about because there's some cool Lego Dimension shit in there too. I want to check out, but uh, that's de- that's dead. Uh, we're not talking about the show. But I just wanted to name that's kind of that's it sucks for the people that are involved in that, but for me personally, for my bank account, it's for the best. Uh, yeah, service is the urge, but man, it was really tempting. There was a, like a big gay, there was a big gay owl one or something, dude. You're gonna break. Oh, I, I, yeah, I'll break. I'll break for him. Uh, but yeah. No, I, I checked it out. Finally, they walked away. I checked it out. Didn't have it. Uh, but it's it's out in like six days. So I'm not too upset about it. Uh, but yeah, other than that, uh, nothing really too crazy going on with me. Uh, but, you know, people don't know. This is a video game podcast. We're talking about video games. Uh, one of the big things that we uh, do on this show is talk a lot about Extra Life. Uh, oh, yeah. And that is uh, two weeks away. As of this recording, mm-hmm. we would be in the middle of... Of our extra life uh, stream, that stream or campaign, whatever the hell you want to call it, uh, marathon. Um, people don't know. Uh, maybe it's first time listening, or you know, listen to us all the time, or just forgot about it. Uh, Extra-life.org is a website and a charity that does a wonderful thing where we raise money. Uh, people donate money to us, where and we play video games for 24, 25 straight hours on November fourth this year. Uh, it's a Saturday, and all the money that we raise goes to Children Miracle Network Hospitals. Uh, if you live in the United States, actually, if you, when you when you sign up, you get to pick the hospital you want to go to. You want all the money to go to. Fortunately, uh, the last couple of years, it's only the hospitals in the United States you get to pick from. Um, some weird charity laws, I guess, to prevent it from doing anything else uh, outside of, outside of the United States. But uh, all the money that I do goes to Iowa City, and all the one that Gables does goes to Seattle. Yeah. Um, so if you guys are interested in extra da- um, extra life, go to the website extra-life.org. Uh, you can sign up, um, tell your friends about it, post them on Facebook, post them on Twitter, show them the links. Uh, it's a really good cause. Uh, you get 200 bucks, you get a shirt, you get 500, you get a silver medal, you get the thousand, you get you get a gold medal, and there's a lot of other cool stuff in between. But the real real pleasure of it is knowing you did a really cool thing for some kids out there that need that need help. Uh, yeah. So, so this is my fifth year doing it. Uh, this is gonna be Gable's fourth year doing it. Yes, it is. Yeah. So <laughs> actually, this will be your fifth because we did our first year together. That's um, right. Yeah. So. November 4th is when it is. Uh, if you're interested in it, uh, check out the website. Um, if you know people that might, that maybe you're not interested in it, tell your friends about it. 
Uh, it's a cool thing. If you know people that might be interested in doing it, tell them about it. Uh, if you want to donate to us, we um, we are on there, obviously. Uh, I am Tyler Courtney. Uh, that is Gabe Bagno. If you yep. want a bag, just say no. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so check us out on there. Uh, two weeks away, once again, uh, I'm going to talk about it every week until it's over. And then we're going to talk about the week after, uh, like we always do. Um, but it is my favorite, least favorite day of the year. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be a fun time. We got some, we're, Gables and I have been talking about some stuff we want to do for, for it and make a day of it and do some content. So, oh, yeah. Uh, it's just a matter of uh, wanting to be on camera for 25 straight hours. Uh, I'm not really worried about working, looking at my worst. Because I always kind of look the same all the time. Uh, so it's my worst and my best. So, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So that's the thing. Um, but anyways, once, like I said, on this show we talk about video games. And we're going to get to that part where we actually talk about uh, some stuff. That's two weeks from now. Today is today. Let's talk about and, and last week was last week. So we're going to talk about what we've been doing the last week. Um, right. So, Gables, why don't you tell me what you've been playing, buddy? Well, I've been playing a couple of different games this week. Because of my work week being kind of long and stuff with, like, uh, doing, like, random shit and stuff with the production lines, I've decided, like, just to go and, like, just do little bits here and there for some of the games that I like. Like, for instance, last Sunday I tried to play a little bit of Super Mario World for Ooh. the SNES, you know, for, like, you know, just for, like, a little bit of that stuff because, well, I kind of like going to the retro stuff a bit. So I'm already, like, a little bit past, like, the... Uh, <laughs> a little bit past like uh i'm not already past like the fourth castle and stuff but i'm already through the forest of illusion and stuff i'm getting towards like a chocolate land or something like that which is basically that gigantic portion or something right after uh the fifth castle where it's just basically has a lot of these random dinosaur looking enemies that shoot fire like breathe fire and stuff they're just like Oh, man, they're just so fucking annoying, because when you beat, like, the bigger forms of them and stuff, they split off into a couple different other forms, and like, little smaller forms, and they shoot fire. Like, they will literally kill you in a couple things if you don't <laughs> attack them quick enough. But uh, I have also been playing something else, though. I've been playing a bit of South Park The Sick of Truth still Ooh. i've actually played a considerable amount of uh, south park the stick of truth i go on i have since the last recording i've spent at least about three maybe four hours playing it during the week i am i'm trying to think of where i was the last time that uh, i spoke about it which i think it was barely past like a couple of side quests and other other things and stuff uh, i don't think you actually talked about it on the show really last week okay. yeah I don't, I don't think you talked about it on the show all right, so basically what uh, I've been doing in South Park Sick of Truth is I am past some of the main portions. I'm actually just past the first day of, like, being in South Park and stuff. I'm, like, on pretty much, like, day two. So I've already got a lot of the recruiting the different members, like uh, Tolkien, like Tweak, and Craig and stuff like that. Which, by the way, though, some of the stuff that you goes through, like, try to recruit those guys, it's very fucking hilarious. Like, the extent where you have to get a gas mask from Jimbo and stuff in order to try to attack fucking Tolkien's security guard. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And not only doing that, but it's like, uh, you talk to him after you beat him or something like that. He's at his post and stuff. I feel deeply ashamed. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, oh, man, what was hilarious is, like, facing off, like, facing off against, like, uh, the hall monitor and stuff inside the school and doing this and that and stuff where basically the fucking... 
the fucking hall monitor I thought was pretty easy in terms actually in terms of like some of the major boss battles like going through the hall monitor stuff going through like uh, the arduous process of recruiting someone to the summons like Jesus and like um, and Mr. Slave and stuff oh my god that was hilarious but what I'm finding though is the combat in and of itself is very simplized and not just simplized it's more like uh, a combination of a Paper Mario sort of approach where you can just time certain attacks to where you can either block things successfully or you can inflict major damage on the enemy successfully I mean it's it's fun it's definitely like uh in interesting times to play. What's also interesting is you can actually stack on a bunch of different ailments on enemies, like say gross out damage with bleeding or yeah. like bleeding with like things. When I went through the trek of that Mongolian tower by City Walk, I basically got this oh, bow. So good. Oh my god, the bow and stuff. Oh man, just the whole introduction of going to City Walk and stuff. You see the the dude you just like just pattered to the Mongolians and stuff. It's like <laughs> Hey, you beat up, you beat up Mongolians and stuff like that, and like you, <laughs> they think a bad neighborhood and they move out. Yeah, it's like, oh, I love Mongolians. <laughs> you Mongolians are so great. And he's all like just shit talking. It's like, yeah. hey, the Mongolian beef, don't try the Mongolian beef. I speak you shit for three days, <laughs> like, <just laughs> stuff like that. You know, just little quirks like that and recognizing from past episodes of South Park makes the game so much more enjoyable. Oh man, and plus. Going through and collecting the little Pokemon stuff. And like... So currently, I am past the uh, the alien spaceship. Oh, right. Oh, my gosh. I'm past the alien spaceship. I am basically wandering around the town trying to figure out the next couple of different side missions I can do, which there are plenty. Like, I can defeat the homeless people that are in the camps. Oh my god, and speaking of that, the fucking uh, meth lab inside Kenny's garage, dude. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you got to get the fucking, like, mixture or something, like, uh, Tweak's dad gives you a little thing. It's like, oh, actually, no, it was, like, Tweak that gives you this little message or something. Hey, could you get through the pickup at this spot and stuff? You go all the way to Kenny's house and, like, get the special delivery from the tweakers and stuff. And yep. they basically are so paranoid. It's, oh, this is a different person we gotta talk to. It's like, oh my god. But, uh,. So basically, my my class is a warrior. I am doing the warrior class and stuff, and I mainly have been using like the assault and battery with the baseball bat and the ball, which that's one of my favorite things. Like you just throw the baseball up in the air and you try to hit the fucking like uh, people. If you hit it just right, you could actually do two or three different hits afterwards. But oh, oh god, the learning the fart stuff and the fart things are hilarious too. Because right now I'm I am past like the move the cuff a spell and stuff where you just oh, basically yeah. have to throw the fart at a distance yeah I, I love how in that game like it, it, it's kind of like the whole farting stuff is like a, a spoof on skyrim shout system like, they actually refer to it as like a dragon shout yeah yeah it's basically just all they do is the, it, it, the whole thing is just like making fun of it and even when you do it like you'll like even do the little like warrior music that you always hear in skyrim <laughs> like, i fucking love this game so much Oh, man, and every time you do, like, a little farting action, like, randomly in public, there's, like, a random chance where Cartman is just going to be laughing out in the distance. Yeah, and, and never fart in another man's balls. That's a, <laughs> that's a cute rule. Oh, my God, but how about that fucking mini game, like, on uh, the spaceship with Randy? That is just so fucking Oh, funny. yeah. God, that entire game, like, man, that entire game is just, 
the moment to moments of that stuff is the best. That's why that's why it was my game of the year. It was that 2014? Yeah, uh, easily. Uh, yeah, I think I I actually beat it again last year. That game, oh man, yeah, that, that game is incredible. really good. Yeah, yeah. It, it's funny for for me like thinking about back in the day. I remember like I remember I thought it was gonna be like because it went through development hell forever with like uh, it went, I can't remember the the one that went it went out of business. Um, THQ. THQ, yeah. When I was in development hell with them for a couple of years, then it went out of business. Then they went out of business. Then it got bought by Ubisoft. Then went to development hell with them. It got delayed like two years, and finally came out. And I was like, I remember the day it came out. I was like, I ain't buying that game. The game's be garbage. And then I'm sitting at work, and I'm like, Oh my god, this game's actually really good. I didn't go. I couldn't find it. I just, I didn't go to like four different stores to buy it. Remember? Oh my god. Just a startling realization. It's like, Oh, this is getting good reviews. I can actually yeah. buy it. Yeah. It's like I need to go fucking find this game right now. What has impressed me has been not only the quality of the gameplay itself, it's on top of the classic storytelling from South Park. Like, it's basically a gigantic episode of South Park. Uh-huh. That's what it feels like. And that's definitely why I love playing The Stick of Truth, because it's like, not only just the randomness of, uh, like, just talk with random people and stuff. I mean, hell, you, one moment you're going to be finding, like, a bunch of kindergartners or something playing a hide-and-seek game. The other thing is you're trying to like uh, recruit some people to friend you on the fucking like social media stuff like a facebook type of profile mm-hmm. or something so you can not only level up but like gain certain perks and abilities i think i'm like past the 20 somethings or something but nice. i i think the level cap is like what 20 or something uh, like that? yeah 20 and 25 you max out on it pretty quickly yeah i kind of had the feeling of that because what kind of initially kind of uh kind of surprised me at first was at the first hour or something i really wasn't leveling up like as fast as i thought and all of a sudden it's like i started making friends it's like okay now here comes the level ups <laughs> yeah um, yeah i mean if you do all the stuff if you do like the way i did it like on 360 i remember i, I uh 100% of that game and i remember going through there and I, like halfway through the game the main campaign i already got the level cap so like wow the combat really isn't like super challenging but uh, like you, like it, you just fly through everybody because well, you have I'm all gonna, the best stuff. I'm really glad it's not that overly complicated or not that all like as difficult as it can be because that game would be fucking brutal otherwise, and yeah. it probably wouldn't be as enjoyable as a result. Yeah, and I think that's what's great about the combat. Like every like each fight's a couple minutes, and really the only hard fights in that entire game are like side quests. It's kind of like you know like a Final Fantasy or something like that where it's like. The, yep. You can go to the main stuff. The main story stuff isn't all that challenging, but it's like if you want to get deep into it and do all like the crazy side story stuff, that's where you're gonna fight. And like, and I don't want to spoil anything for you, but like, uh, all the best like like boss fights are in the side quest to me. I know right now I'm uh, I have talked with Al Gore. Mm. I have befriended him on the thing, and I know that sooner or later I'm gonna be facing the man bear pig. Yeah, because I'm putting the sensors. I put sensors upon two out of the. I think two out of like the couple of different like spots you can put yeah. as part of like Jimbo's like big game hunting stuff for yep. shit. Oh my god! It's just one of the things being like a cow, and then all of a sudden just like just just killing a cow and stuff and bringing the chip <laughs> up. <laughs> oh god! There's, there's this thing like a moldy sausage just looks like a fucking dick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, let's see. Yeah, there is so much interesting stuff that I do remember from South Park, like the, like South Park: The Stick of Truth. 
the summons are really hilarious because if one you have like Jesus or something like that that comes down and stuff, and he just basically touts his machine like it's like his guns from that one episode and starts shooting everything. <laughs> yeah, and then all of a sudden you have Mister Slave the next minute and stuff, which I used him once or something during like uh, one of the school break-ins and stuff. And I just see Mister Slave come out of nowhere and stuff, just like randomly like envelop a fucking kid. <laughs> oh my gosh! But. Uh, yeah, overall, man, that game is really fun. But it's also not the only games that I had been playing. Now, around a year ago, I made a bet with you in terms of like oh, the shit. proceedings for Extra Life. I feel really bad about this now. I want to point that out. But here's the thing about it. Is I made a promise to you that I would play through Resident Evil 6 if I did not make the thing. And, which, of course, I didn't make the thing. You... Hey, you pretty much soundly just beat me kind of like 10 to 1 in that fucking regard. But, uh, yeah, today, I not today, but last night, when I got paid, I decided to go and get myself a $20 PSN card. I checked, and they were having a sale upon a lot of their, like, week one stuff. And, of course, a couple of the games on sale were Resident Evil games. Works out. I look. What's that? Works out, in that case. Uh, yeah, it works out. So it's a I decided... sign from God that you must play Resident Evil 6. It probably was, which that's pretty fucked up, but still funny to think <laughs> about. But, uh, yes, I went through and I bought both, it's <laughs> sort of a way to counter, like, counteract one another, Resident Evil 4 and Resident Evil 6, for $8 a piece, which I understand is probably like $11 too much for you, but... <laughs> yeah, that was, when he sent, me the, he sent me the picture of, like, him downloading Resident Evil 6, and I'm like, what the fuck? And he's like, I, it was only 8 bucks. I'm like, that's $11 too much. <laughs> so since posting that picture i have went through the prologue and i have went through chapter one of chris's campaign oh so yeah so far so good nothing like totally mind inducing like bad or like horrible or something like that but of course it's just one chapter of one campaign so what I'm doing in sort of this playthrough is I'm trying to follow it in sort of a chronological order. So in order to do so, I had to rely upon like game facts in order to go through this. So basically what I got to do first is go through chapter one and chapter two of Chris' campaign until I go into, I believe it's Jake's campaign or something like that. I yeah. am not too certain, but I believe that's what I read from the game facts form that I got. And let's so far it's like a typical thing. It's it's average from what I've been uh what I felt of playing it. I decided to do a little bit of an interesting thing is I did not want to play the game on normal difficulty. Why? Because I actually want to finish the game and not <laughs> like I actually do want to finish the game. I don't want to just like be in regularly normal, get a spot where I'm just gonna absolutely suck in and all of a sudden it's like, Oh, you know what? We're gonna spend another five hours in this game like Fuck that shit. I'm Just playing get through it as this. quick as you can. <laughs> so basically, that's what I'm doing. I'm playing. <laughs> I was playing a little bit of that this morning before getting out my coffee from fucking Starbucks. And uh, let's see. Oh, now, here's a story. I think that uh, I said a little bit last week. I went through Metroid, mm. Samus Returns and stuff, and I got to playing it a little bit more about it. Like, since, uh, getting myself into a little predicament with falling down a fucking canyon. Like, <laughs> basically using the bomb jump mechan mechanics of the game. Oh, yeah. Yep. 
getting inside that hole and then getting myself out of it, I have at least gone through, I would think, another couple different areas since then. And so far, you know, it, it really feels like a really big, cohesive uh, experience. I believe that this uh, remaster for uh, like like Samus, like for like Metroid 2 and stuff, the Return of Samus and stuff, is really well done so far. I'm really liking the new improvements that they've made inside this game. The in, the implication, like involving things like new uh, items like the spider ball inside there, and like you have the bit of like this this uh, light armor to actually protect you from like certain chemical hazards and stuff. Oh my gosh, yeah, that was, that is fucking, that is actually pretty fucking good, I gotta admit. But uh, I've only faced off against a couple other different Metroid. The new area that I'm in, I have to at least kill about eight of them in order to progress to another stage. So I'm in the process of trying to do that, but I've only played like maybe an hour at most of that. So the last game that I want to touch base on before uh, handing the the proverbial bottle over to Tyler here is uh, we're sharing a bottle s- <laughs> metaphorically. Oh, anyway, damn. I played more of Sonic Mania this morning. Ooh. I got to admit, this may single handedly be the best Sonic game I've possibly have ever played. Wow, I. I'm feeling so confident, like, so confident in saying that because having gone through the last couple of, like, stages, I'm not even at the end portion of this game. I, when I first played it, when I first downloaded and stuff, I went through at least a couple of the worlds. I actually went to, like, World 3 or something like that on my first playthrough, and since then I think I've not only went through World 3, but 4 and 5 as well. So... Basically, I've went through enough to where I've uh, pretty solidly can say that there is enough content inside this game where I feel like I'm going to be replaying this game a bit. Because not only is there like a lot of remasters from like classic Sonic games, like the original Sonic the Hedgehog, Sonic 2, Sonic 3, maybe a little bit of Sonic and Knuckles there. But the last stage that I went through was a retro things of one of my favorite Sonic games, and that's Sonic CD. Basically, they took the entirety of, like, the uh, last stage of Sonic CD before you faced off against Metal Sonic. And, dude, this thing is all remade, and, dude, you get to face off. And this is going to be a spoiler for anybody that hasn't played Sonic Mania yet. I'll give you about five seconds. And five. Basically, you're <laughs> basically you're facing off against Metal Sonic in this regard, you hmm. know. Dude. It is different than how it was originally in Sonic CD, where you have to outrace him. This time, not only are you trying to, like, uh, outrace him in some things, the thing is in, like, two or three different sequences, to where not only do you have to, like, race in order to try to get to a specific point, but you have to go through and you have to... He basically controls this Eggman-like machine, and he spouts out these little miniature clones of Sonic. And every time that the clones, like, go into a ball form and try to shoot at you, you have to counter it with, like, a fucking, your own spin dash and stuff in order to knock it into them and stuff. And that's not even the end of the boss fight itself. Then there's the last portion where you have to out, like, somehow defeat him while trying to outrace a freaking spiked wall coming towards you, you know, while you're on the freaking top of the stage. 
it was freaking intense, but at the same time, it felt really refreshing. Because up until that point, you were facing off against the different type of random bosses. Like, I faced, like, a couple of the early bosses, you know, go through this one particular portion, like this sort of like a Puyo Puyo sort of mixed thing with Dr. Eggman. Then the past couple other bosses that I've faced, like, one is like a gigantic, like, firebug robot. The other one's like a arachnid ro robot that you have to try to like knock into these pit of spikes and stuff that are on the that are on the walls and stuff while you're going on an elevator and stuff just the amount of creativity in these boss battles and some of the intricate details upon how some so how lush the environments are and like how the level progresses basically it's really reminiscent of classic sonic games to a t all the Sonic games that came out previously for the Genesis or even like for the Sega CD, my gosh, it's like the best of hits inside this one game to the point where there were points where I just felt like I was playing something entirely like I was on my Genesis again, just playing some retro classic that I had never experienced before. That in and of itself was an awesome feeling but to actually know that it's a natural evolution of a 2d sonic game at its best without so much of the what made some of those games quite like a slog to play through like for example if you've ever played sonic the hedgehog the original one the first world you go through it's like oh hey that was cool that was fast and stuff then all of a sudden you go through the marble zone and it's like slow methodical you have to wait for things to develop in order to try to uh get past that certain stage and stuff Whereas, in Sonic Mania, each and every world feels different in terms of you can actually go and progress a lot quicker. There's no waiting involved. You can actually go through in certain specific parts where the game actually navigates Sonic instinctively throughout certain portions of a stage so you don't have to constantly keep like uh, your fingers on the D-pad in order to direct Sonic all around in different places. So... What I'm saying is, if you even are on the fence for Sonic Mania, I kid you not, this is probably one of the best Sonic games you'll possibly get to play. Not only this year, but probably for like uh, a long time afterwards, because this feels like a renaissance for Sonic the Hedgehog. This is something that people, like fans like myself, have been waiting an incredibly long time for. Get rid of all the other crazy bullshit focus on what made sonic good and basically it was sega having to go out to a fan made like uh go out to christian whitehead like a hardcore fan that made his fan projects for sonic the hedgehog took one of those took him along with the elements that made sonic games great in order to get yourself a fantastic game of the year quality game in sonic mania which that's exactly what it is it feels like a game of the year quality game you know well, until November 7th, when Sonic Forces come out and blows <laughs> everyone away. You know, it would be pretty fucking funny if that ends up becoming a good game as well. <laughs> what if it becomes the best game? Oh, my God. I have my serious doubts about that, but uh, we'll wait and see. I mean, Sonic Mania surprised me. Maybe they'll have the best 3D Sonic game? Who knows? And but any, it's not a high bar. It's definitely not a high bar. No, definitely not a high bar at all. Anyway, I'm. I think that about does it for what I've been playing. So right. Tyler, you go on ahead. 
Alrighty. Well, I want to say one thing real quick about yeah. Resident Evil Six. Ah. If you want, man, I, you should not go through this <laughs> terrible experience alone. <laughs> if you want me there, bro, I'm there for. It. I got the game. I bought the game last year. I know. We were gonna play it last year for Extra Life, and it didn't happen. So, I just want to point out if you if you need me, I'll 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 dive in there with you, buddy. We'll okay. jump in there together. You just say the words, and I'm in. Okay. I'm playing that fucker on easiest setting they got. <laughs> so I'm not doing this myself again because I, I I beat. Oh my god! I was probably like two chapters away from beating that 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 final campaign. I just couldn't do it. So, you know what? I think this may be our extra life game that we're gonna be going through. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I mean, I, there's a few games I'm definitely gonna play a lot of. You know, Madden, probably some Rocket League, Wolfenstein 2, uh, Mario Odyssey. But I'll squeeze some time in there for uh, Resident Evil 6. I'll tell you what, I'll probably play through like a probably a single campaign of it probably before Extra Life because how I'm doing it right now, I'm probably gonna play maybe a maybe a chapter or so a day possibly. So I'll we'll definitely go through whatever what's left remaining and stuff by Extra yeah. Life. I think the only thing is I have to start with you on the beginning of a campaign. So oh yeah, to, like, make sure it's the beginning of one. But the story don't matter, so it doesn't really matter what we're playing then. Yeah, no, no shit, no shit. We're all um, equally terrible, besides Leon's, which is maybe passable. Um, but going to what I've been playing, uh, I've been playing just two games this week. Uh, well, really one game this week. Uh, I talked about a lot last week. Uh, Evil Within Two. Uh, I ended up finishing it up on like Sunday evening, uh, so just the day after we talked, I talked about it. I uh, flew through that game in like two days. Oh, yeah. Uh, took me, I think, just under 13 hours. I did a fair bit of exploring. Uh, I mean, I guess the only downside with, with you know, we talk about a lot with all the games coming out in October and all that, uh, is I feel like I rushed myself a little bit more than I would have if I would have played this game uh, in, like, July or something like that when nothing else was out. Uh, probably would do a lot more exploring. Things like that. But overall, uh, a lot of what I, I said last week I still remains true. Uh, it is kind of interesting though, like the second, there's 17 chapters in this game. Uh, and I think when I talked last week, I was on like chapter, where was that? Maybe like eight or nine, something like that. I'm not quite sure. And, um, after like, uh, about that point, chapter nine or 10 or something like that, it completely changes. Like the first, um, half of that game is for the most part, it's pretty open. You're in, there's two different open areas I talked about last week. Um, you can you can explore not huge, you know. You can probably find everything in there, all the, all the key stuff, anyways. And uh, probably if you really three or four hours, maybe at most, if you want to check out every little nook and cranny. Um, but the second half kind of turns into more of resident or not resident. Wow, uh, of evil within. Uh, <laughs> God damn it! Uh, <laughs> it turns into Resident Evil 6 oh man hope not hope Evil Within 6 is better than Resident Evil 6 uh, hopefully there is Evil Within 6 but uh, anyways um, so it turns more into Evil Within 2 in the second half turns more into Evil Within 1 where it kind of becomes more linear on tracks uh, kind of mo- the uh, more set pieces things like that which I am totally fine with it's not a knock at all for that game uh, I, I kind of like it in that sense. Uh, I wish maybe a little more fair warning about it going into it because um, I, I, I would like the chance to go back in there a little bit more and check out some of the stuff I missed. Um, but it's it's the stuff. It's just all the things I love about Evil Within One, 
but on a bigger scale, which I'm totally in for. Uh, the story is a lot better this time. Um, if you really want the more in-detail shit, talk more about last week, but I, I would say the... Um, I don't know which, which half is better, uh, but they both have the really good... Uh, really good and bad things about them. You know, it depends more on what you want. Uh, I like maybe more a little more of the linear style. Uh, with the, more of the jump scare, more of the horror stuff that wasn't even within one. I definitely, in like the first half, I, I had so much, like, so like a lot of things you craft a lot, like crafting health and uh, bullets and ammo and, and stuff like that. And I found a shit ton just going around the town finding stuff. And the second half, there is not nearly as much sh- shit to find that, for crafting. Um, so the last probably third of the game, um, I was struggling uh, with just keeping ammo and keeping my health up and all that. And it definitely, that's when, like, the, the I think some of the peak stuff, like, it's frustrating at times, but it's kind of like the thing that makes you love those games is, like, the tension that you get from those. And, like, every shot counts every time, every uh, uh, impact, every time you find an enemy, like, trying to sneak kill them without using any ammo or getting uh-huh. around them. Like, everything matters. Every shot you take, everything, uh, every breath you take, um, every move you make, it all matters. Um, I'll be watching you. Um, but yeah, <laughs> so uh, I like it a lot. I, I would say if you like Evil Within 1, uh, definitely check out Evil Within 2. It's a much better game. And also it is not nearly as janky. Uh, not janky, but runs a lot better. You know, I talked about a little bit last week, but like I, I actually watched, um, God, what are those guys called? But they always do like the stats and the breakdowns of like frame rates and all that. Um, on Digital YouTube. Foundry. Digital Foundry, yeah, thank you. I watched a thing about it, and they're talking about the differences in PS, the PlayStation 4 and the PS4 Pro, and there's like none outside of the fact the PS4 Pro has a, a PS4 Pro has a slightly uh, more consistent 30 frames per second. There's a few times it drops, but <laughs> um, the first game consistently ran at like 18 to 24 frames per second. So this game at least consistently runs at 20 uh, or 30, and sometimes during cutscenes drops down to like 27. So it runs better, it looks better, um, it is better. Um, so yeah, I, I really liked it. I haven't heard any sales numbers yet. I'm hoping it does well. I, I guess we'll probably find out about this time next month um, how, how it did. But um, yeah, it's great. Check it out. Um, next thing I talk, uh, played, I talked about a little bit last I played it last week, but I talked about, I wasn't going to play it. Uh, South Park Fractured Butthole. Um, obviously, we talked about Sick of Truth earlier. Uh, it is... Much like Evil Within, um, everything Stick of Truth is, but on a much grander scale. Uh, it, it's hard to talk about this game, and I don't really want to talk about like Stick of Truth. Easier to talk about because it's a, it's a it's game's been out for a few years. Um, so talking about some of the best moments, things like that, it's not that big a deal. This game's right. only been out a few days. Go ahead. All right. Well, in that case and stuff, if you can't like really divulge anything about the plot or anything else like that, that's that's fine. That's okay and stuff, but. The questions that I've have is kind of interesting and revolves around like uh, what have you experienced so far, Tyler? Is like how is the gameplay of it exactly? Because it's different than how the Sick of Truth handles it. Uh, yeah. So I'm I've been trying to like, I've been having this conversation myself about like the th- all the things that I like I love about the Sapphire game, like the these last two games. Uh, I'm trying to, like really the gameplay is almost like the bottom of my concerns as long as it's passable it's fine 
And Stick of Truth was actually really well done. It wasn't anything groundbreaking. It's mm-hmm. fairly simple, but it's really like the moves and all the weapons you find is what's funny about it. And, this, and your buddies you get. Um, so it was fine like that. This one, it's a little more in-depth, but it's still not really all that hard. Uh, this right. one is, so the first one was just turn-based, regular, like, JRPG, Final Fantasy fighting. This one's more like Final Fantasy tactics, grid-based fighting. Uh, and I think it's like a four by, I guess it changes. Um, like, most of them are like four by, like, uh, four by four or four by three. So, like, you got, like, 12 to 16 uh, areas you can stand in. And so it's more, it's, it's grid-based. So you're moving around, you're, you're finding best angles to attack people, and you can... Right. Moving around so you can attack multiple people at once, things like that. Um, I would say I, I think I like Stick of Truth more because the things I love more about it is the town, is the characters, is going around talking to people, the story, interacting and finding stupid shit around the world. Yeah. Uh, and it's faster. Stick of Truth was, you know, every fight was a, a minute or two. And this one's not too much longer. It's, I'm not, I'm not trying to harp on it. I'm not trying to think it's bad because it's not. It's right, fine. Right, right. Um, so you could. So you could still like say explore around the city of South Park and so the town of South Park and stuff and like able yeah. to chat with people and pick up like quest stuff you know still yeah oh yeah uh, it's all the things you loved about South uh, South Park Stick of Truth like eighty percent of of the map I've seen so far uh, is exactly the same as uh, as Stick of Truth there's a few okay. changes so like one of the things are and these aren't really spoilers because they're like in the first few minutes you see of the game is Morgan Freeman owns a burrito shop for some reason. <laughs> which is really great. And he teaches you about crafting. And, like, he teaches you about, like, how to, how to uh, uh, the burritos. Some of the burritos he helps you create, um, oh, no. like, increase your fart abilities. So now, like, your, like, one of your fart abilities now is you can pause time or you can go back in time. Um, which is, is just fucking awesome to me. He's, like, and he, like, uh, he, like, uh, was, I can't remember what it's called, but, like, Star Wars, where, like, like he phases a little bit. Like you can see, like you know, Obi Wan from you see like uh, like an orb of him, and he, like his ghost basically. He does yeah. that thing. He just pops up, and he like it's like use this, and like almost like use the force, but he's like telling you to use like an ingredient for a burrito that makes it like, creates new powers. Uh, like all of that shit. Like and that, this is, like this is some of the last stuff I don't want to spoil. Just like the the there's some of the funny moments to it to me, but uh, like a lot of the new stuff I'm finding in the game is great. Like so, kind of the key plot is is that. It takes place, like, almost immediately after, like, a day or two after Stick of Truth. And I don't want to spoil okay. Stick of Truth for you and the planet. But towards the end of it, you become, and Stick of Truth, you become one of the top people in, in, in of, of, the, of the kingdom, basically. And this one is, so it takes place, and, like, there's a big battle going on still between, the, uh, between a bunch of people. And they're still doing the Lord of the Rings shit. And uh, Cartman, as the coon, who's a superhero... Uh, goes back in time to this and it's really not back in time he just goes in the closet and changes the time on a calculator and then he shows up in the middle of like the main base of the first game yeah he's like i'm the coon from the future and this happens i need you guys to do like we're we're, we're, i need you guys to come with me he's like he's like we're playing we're playing this game like no we're playing superheroes now he's like new kid you're out and he kicks him out he kicks him out of the 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 coon and friends group and that's how it restarts that's all the reason. Like now you're at the bottom. Now you're the new kid again. You're at the bottom, you're the bottom of, the, of the of the pile, you know. And I just love how it changes. It's like it just changed games. That's all it is. It's like I don't know. I'm playing, uh, you know, uh, Lord of the Rings and Skyrim. Now we're playing superheroes. It's like, 
And that's how it starts over. And I'm like, that, that's awesome. Uh, and that's, it's basically, it's basically uh, you just working your way up through them again. And uh, basically, like, uh, uh, it's Cartman. With, he's the Coon friend. He's Coon. And he has, like, uh, a, there's, like, his team. And they're arguing, like, so, like, all the guys, like, all the kids together are all superheroes. And they're arguing over how their cinematic universe. It's basically a spoof, making fun of DC, <laughs> DC and Marvel's cinematic universe. Yes. And they argue, they, they argue how are they going to create, um, create the movie franchises. And it's like, oh, they don't like how this is. So they, they break up and they create two different factions. There's Coon and Friends and there's Freedom Warriors. Uh, and Carmen runs one of them. And then Timmy, who is basically Xavier from X-Men, <laughs> which is great. Uh, he creates his own with Mysterion, who's Kenny. And uh, it, it's Civil War. And they're fighting over – and it kind of starts off with they're trying to find a missing cat. And they get a $100 reward. And yeah. It's, it's like snowballs and something much bigger. A lot of things going on. But still at the heart of it is it's just kids dressing up as superheroes. And, like, you get your own backstory and all that. And for some reason, your backstory leads to, like, your dad – fucked your mom so now like you you become this vigilante and like <laughs> karma doesn't understand, understand that every dad fucked their mom and that's how we're all born uh <laughs> he doesn't understand that which is great uh but yeah man it's like the moment the moment that is just awesome to me i, I love and being like the huge south park nerd like i am uh, like they're doing callbacks to like season three and shit like i'm like this and they're like <laughs> stepping it up like characters that are like one episode from like a decade ago are popping up and like oh my god like like there's like all kinds of cool stuff to find there's crafting in this now like they're um they've got a little more in depth with some of the game mechanics but overall the game is still like it's just it's a it's a like you said it's just a long episode of south park it is and that is perfect for me like i i think anybody can jump into this without having uh, without being a huge, being a casual fan of South Park, uh, would still enjoy this. But I think the bigger, the more knowledge, it's like Metal Gear Solid 5. The more knowledge you have of this and in the world, the more you're going to enjoy it. No and shit. there's like so many callbacks, so many like shit, like, and like a lot of new stuff that's going on the last few seasons since Ticket Truth is in there. Like there's like randomly throughout the world, you find member berries. And <laughs> like, that's just like, like, there's like a million things you can find. It's like a collect-a-thon almost. And... Yeah, it's it's just a lot of fun. Like, I don't I don't necessarily like the game play as much, the battling system is nearly as much. Uh, but like I said, that's pretty much the least of my worries. You know, like everything else about this game is great. I'm loving it. Uh, yeah, if you guys are a casual fan of South Park or you like that sort of humor, uh, it's great. I love it. I'm, I'm digging it. Like the little comments I have uh, might be probably is the. F- Mm, stick i don't know i don't i mean i want to finish the game but stick of truth is probably the funniest game i've ever played and this one is not too far behind if it keeps up it, it's gonna be fine and so far like the biggest thing to me is how they're gonna top stick of truth and at the level we're at currently and like i played seven hours of it so far and i barely scratched the surface of the actual main campaign uh i would say so far it's neck and neck uh wow. i think it's just like some of the the second and third uh act of stick of truth is like some of the best moments in gaming to me, like just most <laughs> memorable, craziest, funniest moments, and that's the stuff I want to see how it plays out. Uh, but so far, it's been great. Like one part, you actually go to a strip club, and these, what? these yeah, uh, you gotta find this uh, girl named Classy, um, where the D looks like it with with an I, and the D looks like it's 
fucking the the the, the a, I don't know. Anyways, uh, it's weird. <laughs> um, but we gotta go to a strip club to find the stripper because she knows something about the missing cat. And like oh these two God. drunk guys mistake you and Tom Malcolmson, whose his tongue is too big for his mouth and he has diabetes. And uh, his main power is he drinks an apple juice box and he gets super strength. And then afterwards he has to take an insulin shot, which <laughs> is super funny. I love it. Uh, but you go in there and like these two drunk guys mistake you as strippers. And you have, a, you have to play a sh- like a, a grinding mini game. You have to, like you're an eight-year-old boy grinding on this like drunk guy. Like uh. It sounds stupid, but it's fucking funny. It's great. The way South Park does it. Is excellent to me, and that's me being a fanboy. I know, but I, I love it. Um, it's all great. But uh, yeah, those are the things I've been playing. I'm gonna play more of it. I, I probably have. I, I assume I'll probably have a beaten um, before we record again. Uh, so I'll talk about more next week and tell you how kind of it plays out at the end. But so far, man, this is this is two big thumbs up for me. Um, they have done it again. So yeah. Uh, that's pretty much what we've been playing this week. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to some news. All right. Uh, not a lot. I mean, some small things coming out, uh, but only a couple, a couple big things. But just a few small things I want to run through, run through real quick. Um, first off, just kind of want to mention uh, Doom uh, that they announced about a month or so ago is coming out for the Switch this year. Finally has a release date. It is November tenth. Nice. Um, yeah, it's like we talked about sixty bucks still, thirty frames per second. I think it's seven twenty p. Uh, but yeah, it's out then if you want to check it out. Another thing is that Mario and Rabbids Kingdom Battle, uh, they had a season pass for it, but they didn't really have any inform- a lot of information on what the season pass was going to be. Uh, we finally got some information on it. So on, on this past Tuesday, kind of out of nowhere, like it just kind of an update came out on Monday afternoon and it was like, Hey, like this is happening. So basically the, the, um, this past Tuesday, uh, part one of the DLC came out. It's just basically more challenges. Uh, which is like a side mode you can do. Um, it's just super hard uh, challenge mode, basically. And that's out now if you want to check it out. And then the second half, which I think is the big one, uh, is the story DLC is out on January 16th of next year. Uh, season pass, if you're interested in that, is 20 bucks. I might pick it up. I want to wait and see what the, what the story DLC stuff is because uh, you know, I've read about that game back in August when it came out. And I want to check out more of it, um, but I'm just kind of waiting. I, I just... Yeah, you don't know what it is. It feels this feels like it could be like a Breath of the Wild type of thing where it's like it's twenty bucks. Like the real stuff is at the end, but you gotta you want to you gotta buy all the other shit too if you get to the get to the good right. stuff. Right. So um, yeah, that's the thing. Um, but moving on to kind of the real meat and potatoes of the news this week is um, oh man, there's two big ones. Uh, one happened like by just like as we were talking on Skype before we started the show, and uh, we'll talk about the one that came first actually. Uh, so kind of the big news that started the this week, uh, I think it happened Monday or Tuesday afternoon, is that EA closed Visceral Studios. Uh, yes. So people that may not know or may not remember, uh, Amy Henning, who was the creative director and main write, head writer uh, for the Uncharted games, the first three anyways, um, uh, she moved over to Visceral, uh, I think at the early stages of Uncharted 4. Yep. And... Uh, since 2013, when EA made a deal with uh, with Marvel or not Marvel Disney to make the the um, to publish all of the uh, um, Star Wars Star games, Wars games yeah. yeah, I blanked on that for some reason. Uh, pretty much every studio that EA has now is working in some sort of way on a Star Wars game, um, and Amy Henning was running 
basically head uh, was the head of Visual Studio for this Star Wars game. And we actually got like a 10 or 15 second clip of it. I want to say last E3, 2016. And that was all we got from it. But everybody freaked out over that little bit of piece we got there. And basically everybody was saying that it was a Uncharted style um, uh, Star Wars game. And so it kind of came out that uh, EA was closing the Visceral Studios and uh, was going to kind of pivot the game to... And you know what? I'm just going to read you this uh, based on this article. The, not the article, but the statement from EA. Uh, this was posted by uh, Patrick Sutherland. I believe is how you say his name. Uh, he is, I think, the vice president of the company. Uh, I can't remember his exact role, but I know it's something vice president. Um, but here's his post. It's a little long, so bear with me. Um, so, quote, Our industry is evolving faster and more dra- dramatically than ever before. Uh, the games we want to play and spend time with, the experiences we want to have in those games, and the way we play all of those games are continually changing. So is so is the way games are made. In this fast-moving space, we are always focused on creating experiences that our players want to play. And today, that means we're making a significant change with one of our upcoming titles. On our, our visceral studio has been has been developing an action-adventure title set in the Star Wars universe. And its current form is shaping up to be a story-based linear adventure game. Throughout the development process, we have been testing the game concept with players listening to the feedback about what and how they want to play and closely tracking fundamental shifts in the marketplace. It has become clear that to deliver an experience that player players will continue to come back to and enjoy for the long time to come, we need to pivot the design. We will maintain the stunning visuals, the authenticity, authenticity, whatever. Authenticity. That word. Uh, in the Star Wars universe and focus on bringing a Star Wars story to life. Importantly, we are shifting the game to be a broader experience that allows more variety and player um, agency, uh, leaning into capabilities of our Frostbite engine and reimagining central elements of the game to give players a Star Wars adventure of greater depth and breadth to explore. This move leads to a few changes. A development team from across EA Worldwide Studios will take over development of this game, led by a team from EA Vancouver that has already been working on the project. Our visual studio will be ramping ramping down and closing, and we're in the midst of shifting as many of the team as possible to other projects and teams at EA. Lastly, lastly, we had originally expected this game to launch in late fiscal year 2019, which means the first quarter of uh, 2020. We're now looking at a new time frame, and uh, we will announce in the future. Bringing new Star Wars games to life for every passionate fan out there is what drives us as creators. It, it's what has inspired us to deliver the most, the, the massive new Star Wars Battlefront 2 experience launching in just a few weeks. It fuels our live services, our, our live service, live service in Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes. Sorry, I fumbled that one. Making games in the extraordinary Star Wars universe is tr- truly a dream for so many of us at EA. And we have so many more experiences to come for, for players on every platform, blah, 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 end quote. Uh, so, basically what's coming out is... The, the game's been in development since 2013. Yep. And uh, it, no real... I'm sure stuff's going to be leaking out over the next few years. Uh, they came out later and said, everybody's asking what's going on with Amy. And I guess EA came out and made a statement saying that EA and Amy are currently discussing the future. So that's very concerning uh, yep. as far as that goes. But um, yeah, for people that may not know what Visceral has done in the past, uh, they made the Simpsons game. Uh, for the 360, PS3, and the Wii, which is actually a pretty damn good uh, game. Not, not great, but it's a pretty fun game for being a, you know, uh, a base, basically just it was supposed to come out to kind of advertise what the movie, the Simpsons movie, 
It yep. was actually not a bad game. Uh, they also made the two Godfather games, which were not, were pretty good G- GTA clones. Uh, Dante's Inferno, which is actually a pretty damn good uh, kind of war clone. Uh, they made the Dead Space games, which yep. uh, I know I've talked about a lot on the, on the show. Uh, and most recently, they had Battlefield Hardline. Uh, so that's kind of like the, the biggest stuff on there. They've had some, a bunch of other stuff, but that was kind of the key stuff. They've been around since 1998. Um, yeah, and now they're closed. Uh, sounds like around 300 employees uh, were laid off. One of them actually made a statement. Uh, kind of a crazy week for him. He had his first baby was born on Sunday and was out of a job on Tuesday. Um, wow. Yeah. Uh, so kind of a lot to digest from that statement, I think. Um, yeah, it is. But to me... I think the thing that sticks out more than just the studio closing, maybe not more than the studio closing, but kind of looking at it as a gamer side of the things. Like, it's terrible. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's terrible. We usually don't clo- like cover the closing of studios. Uh, but this one's bigger, I think, in the in the core of gaming. Just looking at it as a gamer, what this means is uh, crazy. So when he says that this game was shaping up to be a uh, story-based linear uh, video game, um kind of says a lot i think so saying this so this game is going to be was going to be in development for five years six years um and now it's looking at like they just did the math and it's like this isn't going to make like single player games like to them are this wasn't going to make enough money to be to be worth it really um to them uh so it looks to me that this is going to be and this is, I mean, I'm not the first one to say this, but it's the Star Wars Destiny is what they're going with here. They're, it's To them, in their eyes, kind of the single-player games are going away, and this is kind of the future. Is those The Division, Star Wars Battlefront 2, um, Destiny, you know, all these big... Tom Clancy's uh, Wild, Ghost Recon Wildlands, Gable's favorite game of all time. Uh, uh, no thanks. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's just it's concerning as a gamer, especially for me, someone that loves um, those linear single player games. Those are my favorite games to play. Great ones like Uncharted, Evil Within. Uh, you know, it's like I love those those styles of game. Gears of War. I know it's got co op, but it's it's a, it's a linear, mostly single. Sing, you can do single player if you want to game, uh, and it just kind of sucks that like the big like EA maybe the second biggest studio. And gaming is kind of like, yeah, this isn't working anymore. So, um, well, to be perfectly honest with you, this really isn't too much of a big surprise coming out from EA's camp. First off, I would like to say, though, that when it comes to visceral games, I mean, it's a real shame that this talented developer basically had their doors closed and stuff like that from... Just making a lot of those decent... There was plenty of decent games that they made. You brought up the Dead Space games. Two out of three of them, I think, were actually pretty much passable, but... Well... Well, I would just say passable by... You know, I didn't really play Dead Space 2. And Dead Space, I only played maybe a couple bits of, so I really don't have too much experience, but... Okay, okay. I'll let that pass. (laughs) Well, that's just the thing, though. In terms of, like, EA's direction, I kind of figure that... They, on paper, think they're not going to get their most bang for their buck with just a single-player Star Wars experience. Now, what they're going to do, possibly, in short to alleviate is sort of similar to what they are currently doing, which is 
sort of like how Star Wars Battlefront 2 is doing with like possible like not only just an online multiplayer sort of focus but with with loot boxes or microtransactions in terms of things you know and you're not too far off when like uh when you said like games like destiny and games like say battlefront 2 are more like a big old focus yeah even tom clancy's ghost recon wildland that was more or less sort of akin to like a military portion of uh destiny to where you can play co-op with like different other types of people or you can go and join other people online and stuff but at the same point, I don't feel that this is going to diminish single-player linear games, hardly at all. What is going to increase, though, is a lot of the, well, a lot of the Destiny clones like we have been seeing over the past few years. What, with, also from Ubisoft's camp, with, say, what, what was something that was like? The oh, Division boy. was one. Well, The Division was definitely one. And they do make Destiny, they are publishing Destiny, so. Well, well, Activision's pleasant in Destiny, but the, the Ghost Recon... Oh, you're right, Ubisoft. Ubisoft, Ubisoft you're right. There. Yeah, damn, I mix them up. But, uh, yeah, EA trying to do their own type of version of Destiny, I mean, that's really no surprise there. And if... The thing is, they got one of the biggest deals right now going on with uh, Disney in terms of, like, having the Star Wars license to, for them to do an experiment how they please. So, of course, that's going to be sort of a big incentive for them to try to, you know, productively try to produce a quality, probably huh, sooner than you think, like, game in terms of, like, Star Wars related. Because what it sounds like to me is they closed down a potential, like, five or six year project, which probably could have been, like, something that probably would have been one of the best Star Wars games you probably could have seen if they went with what they were going to go with, and instead we possibly could see something radically different to where it's probably going to come out a few years from now probably have some sort of major sort of social life sort of implementations like say like a large social media things as akin to uh, destiny and then you're going to have something that's somewhat similar but it's going to be more based upon like some of the current stuff that companies are putting out nowadays in order to try to reap the benefits more so from the average consumer, you know, by including more, like, loot box stuff, more microtransaction stuff. It basically sounds like to me, and I hope I'm wrong about this, and it's about, it's going to get a lot shittier when it comes to some of what they are going to potentially release. I mean, if they're questioning right now about people like Amy Hennig, like, being in a job position where she was at, I mean, hell, she, she left Naughty Dog in order to go work on the Star Wars project that mm -hmm. she had a lot of hopes and ambitions for. So, honestly, I think it's a shitty move by EA, but at the same time, they're a company, a multi-billion dollar company, that is trying to focus upon gaining the most profit in order to try to monopolize how much of their content is going to be seen. But, uh, man, it's, it, it's just a shame, you know? And like, I hate seeing, like, companies that made some pretty good games pretty decent games like like visceral like other companies that have come along and like got bought out by ea and all of a sudden it's like they pretty much absolved like were absorbed into the ether of what ea and their licensing stuff has done bioware yeah bioware Nexus. is a good example yeah i mean there jim sterling did a video like a long time ago about what ea does when they buy studios and 
kind of what happened to him afterwards. And, you know, like you look at, it's just another casualty of that, of it. Um, you know, and Bioware is slowly turning into that too. Not, yeah, pretty, uh, it's a slow, painful death, but it's happening much quicker than I think a lot of us I thought it think, would be. Yeah, Bioware is definitely next. And quite honestly, it's like, I'm more so surprised Visceral was still around even after like putting out things like Hardlines because yeah, that, that was probably one of the last major hurrahs of that studio. Yeah, and it wasn't a but, very good game. I remember we talked about it on the show back in the day, and it was pretty bad. No, all I know is that Jake didn't really like that game too much, so that's like yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, it's like another just another victim in yeah. EA's little thing. And it sucks. The, kind of the way things have been going over the last um, handful of years now is it, it's not just gaming. It's just in general. Like it's now. It's no longer like I listened to a podcast uh, a long time ago, probably about a, maybe end of the year last year or so, and they were talking about kind of like <clears throat> movie studios. Were, we're going in this route where $10 million movies were no longer a thing. Like yep. releasing big studios were no longer, longer releasing movies that are 10, $15 budgets and making 30, 40, $50 million. And we happened with now, the, now they're making movies with a hundred, $200 million budgets and wanting billion dollar returns on it. You look at like, look yep. at like um, Batman versus Superman. That movie made like, had like a $150 million budget made uh, like $800 million or something in, in, in theaters. And it was a disappointment. It, it made, Five That's times insane. it's yeah. I mean, I mean, at this point in the in the sense that like the Avenger movies uh, have about the same amount of budget and they make in the billions. Which I, if that's your if that's your benchmark, uh, you're looking at one of the biggest movie franchises of all time in this Marvel Cinematic Universe. But anyways, and that's kind of where gaming is going, and especially the big studios, Activision, EA, um, Ubisoft. Uh, they're no longer going after. They, like the small little thing, little ones that make that might make them fifteen, twenty million dollars or whatever it might be, is no longer a big thing. It's like we need to make, we want big money, we want long games as service is a new hot uh, phrase you hear now in gaming over the last yep. year or so. Uh, is games that like we're going to continually give you stuff to do over time, and it's been going on for three, four, five years now, and it's just gotten bigger and bigger, and. Uh, and I get it. I mean, I understand as a gamer for me personally, like I'm, I'm more about the experience. I want just a good gameplay. I'm fine. Like playing a game like Evil Thin. I played for 13 hours. I beat it in two days, paid 60 bucks for it. I'm fine with that purchase. That's that's money well spent for me. I had a really exactly. great time with that game. That's fine. I bought other games. I played five, six hours of and beat it and was perfectly happy with it, paid 60 bucks for it. Um, but for some people, it's it's long sustained games that's kind of the route like look game like destiny people were still playing destiny when destiny 2 came out and that was a four year three-year-old game uh people want games that they've been they can play for months when they want to play games where they can play with their friends that's we're casual gamers the more i don't i don't hate that kind of using that term but that's kind of the best term I, we can really use the people that you know they only buy a couple games a year uh and i have a lot of friends like that they don't like they don't play games but they can't play with their friends uh yep. Like I have a buddy of mine, he plays. He he got Doom, and I started watching him play it, and I'm like, dude, this is a great game. He's like, yeah, it's fun, but it's like, it's just kind of like I I want to play with my friends, and I'm like, okay, well, I mean, it has a multiplayer mode, but it's not all that great. But the, the, the single player is really good, and he's like, yeah, but I, I like playing online. I'm like, okay, I mean, I, you know, teach his own, but it just kind of sucks for me personally as the way I like the game, uh, that we're going in a route that I really don't like doing. Like I'm kind of an introvert a lot when it comes to gaming sometimes. Well, and yeah. I, I like to just kind of sit, sit on my couch, 
sit on my chair or whatever and fucking play a game by myself enjoy this experience um and yeah it's, it's a dying breed and you can't i mean i don't believe that single player gaming isn't no is no longer a viable thing for um big studios like yeah it's not gonna rake in the money like these other games will and it just can't uh you look at i mean there's no way like a game like uncharted 4 came out just last year it sold almost 10 million copies yep. uh in its first year on a console that only had about 50 million at that point about about you know about this past may around 50 million sold and so so basically 20 percent of people that own a ps that were able to, to buy that purchase that game yep. and you're talking about a game uh the star wars game that visceral is making first off it's fucking star wars one of yep. the biggest ips out there second you got you got the the ea marketing push that nobody else can match that's when true. they want to push something they can push it and this game's gonna be on everything pc ps4 xbox one if you want it you can play it and there's no way this game couldn't to me can't make money uh or couldn't be a viable success i it's just frustrating i, I understand like you look at some of the sales numbers like resident evil 7 is a is to um capcom is a pretty it made money but a pretty big disappointment that game was expected to sell 10 million it's sitting just under 4 million sold uh so yeah i mean you look at a game like tomb raider like the first one the reboot it sold uh a little over 3 million and they they laid a bunch of people off and nearly closed the studio because it was such a big disappointment 3 million that's a that's huge that's you're probably one of the top 30 or 40 uh top 30 or 40 games sold that year out of the hundreds that come out and your disappointment so um it's just that's just the way this you know the industry is going and it sucks you look you look at like single player games now are mostly big huge open world games uh and that's where everybody's going um some work out some don't uh we're in we're in a time where it's quantity over quality sometimes yeah and that's mainly what's kind of wrong in the aspect of some of this gaming industry as a whole to be perfectly honest and stuff yes the amount of games that we're getting sometimes thousands if you want to count what's coming out on steam like mm-hmm. in the span of a month in terms of like what we're getting and stuff is not equaling what the type of quality that we want to play and what we want to spend our time in i mean i understand the direction that Tyler you're just speaking of where a lot of it's going to mostly just online only type of experiences where basically a lot of the games are open world there's lots of stuff to do and stuff but here's the thing you play so many of those type of games and until you're like burnt out in the whole experience Mm -hmm. I personally don't like that type of uh, main focus and to be perfectly honest though I don't have to play these type of games like that the only reason why I spent so much time as I did with like with Ghost Recon Wildlands is, well, one, a friend wanted to play with me about it. I played, obviously, a bit with a person and stuff, and it's like, I played what I played. I enjoyed what I played for the most part. I got, I completed the damn game, and uh, basically, I just got rid of it, sold it. I really don't feel like ever playing again. So yeah. that really kind of defeats the kind of the point you know but at the same point i just don't like the idea of there being such an emphasis on online only type of games that have multiplayer functions that will supposedly make you last for a long time outshining 
sort of a single player linear type of game experience where it's probably going to be some content is probably going to be 10 times better as an experience as it is going and playing multiple multiplayer games online you know it's it's yeah it's just basically is what it is right there i just would rather play a single player experience because that's pretty much my custom my style i know that's probably not i i would rather play a great 10 hour single player game than put 30 hours into a good open world game well yeah i understand like time to me like time to a lot of people is valuable and i get money is valuable to people so it's kind of comes down to like what's more valuable time or money like and like you are really i mean it could be kind of i guess in some cases it's the same thing really it's like i got 60 bucks to spend I got this game I could play for a week and be done with it. Or I have this game I could play and play it for months and I could play it somewhat casually and still be fine with it. Um, and I get, I mean, like I said, I get all that. It's just, yeah. Um, I like ice cream. I just don't want ice cream all the time. Right. And I feel like we're going to get a lot of ice cream with uh, Star Wars, or not Star Wars, but Destiny style games and open world style games. Like that's kind of the future. I mean, if you really want these really good, well-made single player driven story driven games i mean it's gonna be like it's gonna be this smaller indie stuff like uh i mean like a hellblade kind of style game like it's gonna be a 20 30 dollars small downloadable title or like a telltale i mean these are the closest we're gonna get to them inside you know play dead like these are the guy if you want great single player story driven games or single player games i guess that's a route we're probably going to go get a lot of them so um it's just it's, it's a tough pill to swallow, I think, and it's just it's, it scares me personally um, that this is kind of like this is where it's going, and it's probably going to get worse from here. But uh, yeah, let's go ahead and move on to um, our uh, last topic. This is the one I was talking about. Kind of happened like as we were talking on Skype. Um, is a uh, neo gaff like uh-huh. it's like the neo? We, we kind of like came up. With, it's the, basically the neo gaff Armageddon. Pretty right much. Uh, people don't know, uh, for, and I don't really know a lot about NeoGap. I'm never personally on the website, but it's basically, it's probably pretty much the biggest like forums that are left, and and on and like on on the internet now any, anymore. Uh, it's mostly a gaming, mostly gamer related, but it talks about everything on there. Uh, but basically, the guy that created the the kind of the head honcho of NeoGap, uh, I think his name is Tyler Malik. Uh, I believe that's how you pronounce it. I'm um, Malik, maybe. Uh, kind of came out and uh, a story came out and this I guess it came out over sometime I think either late yesterday or sometime today uh, this is Saturday it's Saturday night um, as we're recording this and he uh, this woman came out I guess back in 2014 they were really good friends and he didn't he forced himself on her uh, sexually assaulted her um, and she kind of like kept it uh, um, under just kind of helped, just kept it in for a long time. Didn't talk about it. Didn't tell anybody about it. And there's been this um, hashtag Me Too going on um, this past week. Uh, yes, with women and coming out telling. Oh, go ahead, Gables. It's like, well, it was just like what I was gonna say. It was basically yes, the Me Too movement. Like, it's basically women who like uh, who have either been victimized or something. Like, basically, it had some sort of like sexual assault or whatever type. It's just probably. Not only just to raise awareness, though, but to actually to, for some women and stuff, to share, like, their past experience, some of their fears, some of the things that have happened personally to them in order to, like, uh, 
you know, that's plays in part of this whole Me Too movement. I mean, I may not understand the entirety, but I understand that uh, it has some of the elements of sexual assault are like so serious that some friends that I have have personally have gone through like just terrible experiences with that too. But yeah, it's kind of a, it's been a big thing going on this past week, you know, like I said, raising awareness for uh, things that women could finally come out, uh, things they've been holding for a long time, have been saying and come out and say it in kind of a safe space. Uh, it's going on Twitter, Facebook, everywhere, um, pretty much all social stuff. And it's kind of a cool movement. I mean, terrible circumstances but it's cool to like see people coming together for something like this and yeah uh, this is part of it a woman came out um and she didn't name names she said it was a big person in the gaming industry and finally i think people kind of forced her to come out with it uh, people were trying to collect uh, connect the dots already uh but she finally came right. out and said who it was and it kind of turned into a big shitstorm on neogaf uh this evening this afternoon this evening uh, and basically, all the mods uh, had quit uh, in, in protest <laughs> of, of him. Yep. Uh, and people are actually going on the website and saying ban my account because uh, they don't want to be a part of this anymore. They want they want all everything of theirs taken off the account, so ban it. Uh, but nobody can ban it because all the mods quit. Uh, <laughs> so it's kind of a crazy thing that's going on right now. Uh, and with with NeoGaf, uh, it, it's. It's the death of of a, a huge website um, for a lot of people. Um, In the most and, spectacular way possible, may I add? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, all to it. Like, I, I don't want this guy making. If, if all this is true and everything like that, like, obviously there's two sides of the story. Uh, but I guess I mean, there's a lot of shit in the past. Uh, just doing some like reading into him and uh, reading about everything. Uh, it there's a lot of things he's said and done in the past and comments he's made to other people. Um, and it sounds like there, there's a history and there's some, you know, there's some evidence too, that this is probably, this is yeah. true. Um, so I'm glad that like, it, I hope this is falling apart for him because he deserves it. He does not deserve to make any more money off of this website. Exactly. And I hope, I hope he doesn't, I hope this website is done and it goes down. Um, but I, I, I feel bad obviously mo- mostly for the, more for the woman than anything. Like it's a terrible thing that happened to her. Shouldn't happen to anybody. Uh, but just going, looking specifically at NeoGAP itself, and as something I kind of mentioned to Gables before we um, we start recording, is I was talking about we've talked about here and there on the show is talking ship. It's a it's another podcast we listen to. It's kind of how we all got together. It's kind of the, yep. origin, story, the, the origin story of Junk Dash Nerds. Um, we're like the unofficial um, uh, fan cast of Junk da- uh, Talking Ship, and I told him like, yeah, like I found out like. Some of the people in there, the head people in there, were like awful people doing shitty things. Like I wouldn't want to be part of it anymore. But I'd be super sad to see that community go away. Like, yeah, I know. We, right? Gables and I have both been a part of really cool communities uh, that have fallen apart because one person was an asshole or a douchebag or a terrible person, uh, and it sucked. And we all split off, and like a lot of those people we don't talk to anymore. Like a lot, and uh, a lot of them found their way to talking ship. And like talk ship is like the coolest thing to me uh on like social media like it's the whole memes and talking shit but the only reason i go to facebook anymore. <laughs> that's true and like I, I told him like it would suck if like that whole community just fell apart one day uh and like it would be a huge bummer that'd be a, a pretty decent sized chunk of my my time and honestly maybe somewhat sadly a good chunk of my life like uh uh like one of like the like oh whenever i go there it's like always fun and it's always up 
uh, it, it's always stupid shit going on there that makes me laugh, makes me smile. When I'm a bad day, going there and, like read whatever the fuck Cam did. Something, Cam always has something stupid on there or whatever. <laughs> We're getting into the weeds of, of talking shit, but it's like every time I go on there, like I don't, I don't go away disappointed. You know what I mean? Uh, and that would be that would be a major bummer if that went away. And I just like this one fucking douchebag has fucking ruined this really cool thing for tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of people. It's one person ruined it for everybody. Uh, and so fuck that guy. First off, for what he did. Yeah. Uh, that I mean, First and foremost, fuck you for that. If Like I said, more likely it sounds like it's true. Um, but this one one act uh, is, it, is just going to make... And I'm not going to sit there and say it's going to ruin everybody's lives. But like, if you're really into a community, that shit's really cool and it's a lot of fun. And you just ruined someone's really like some a lot of people's good times because you're a piece of shit. And I hope everything that happens to this guy, he deserves it. That's the way I feel about it. What about you, Gables? I'm of the similar sentiment. I'm of a similar sentiment, man. Where it's like I absolutely just detest anything in regards to say like sexual assault stuff or even just sex crimes in general, you know, because it's like. I've seen the repercussions from people who have fallen out from, like, either being, like, uh, you know, assaulted or, like, even, like, just random harassment stuff from, like, participating on things online and stuff like that, you know? It's like, I absolutely hate the type of people that are going to go and try to do the predatorial sort of nature because this is pretty much exactly what this dude, from what it sounds like, I mean, we don't know all of the story of it, but it definitely seems like this guy is definitely, like, a predator, like a damn pedophile, if anything else, where it's like, he's gone, went forth, he made, un, like, unannounced and, like, unwelcome advances on this this girl and stuff that he knew was a close friend to. It's like, God, the dude is pretty much a gigantic asshole, you know? And because of this one man and stuff, it's like... The entirety, not only of, like, what he did, it's like, all of a sudden, it's now tainted goods. It's now unwanted, like, un, like, unstomachable. I mean, I am actually quite surprised for, one, like, it coming out, like, around this time and stuff, and it's like, you had to have believed, like, maybe some of the moderators and stuff, they had to have known something of this guy's nature beforehand or something like that and all of a sudden it's like once word of like the whole sexual assault allegations started pumping up it's like they just left in mass the moderators of that of neo gap just left in mass this is stretch jumping out of the sinking ship exactly exactly it's leaving their uh admin and stuff pretty much the only person of like authority or something like that that's on the gigantic fucking message board like dying with a ship but it's it's interesting to think of it this way. This is pretty much... It looks like this is the uh, tragic, if not, like, firestorm of an end for a once, a once like, uh, looked upon big old message board that's been around for, like, a little while now. And some bits of the gaming industry kind of, like, uh, can be traced into NeoGAF because a lot of the people who were there on GAF and stuff, some of them were developers, some of them were, like, people, like big people inside the game industry who were adequate like users of the form and stuff there were some leaks that it came out on that form specifically that you know which around e3 time some of them were proven to be actual legitimate facts but it also tells you like 
it also just tells you it's like the last remnants of like past for like things like message boards. This is one of the last. That's like what you're saying, Tyler. This was one of the last major gaming message boards that we can actually just remember. Other than some like like kind of obtruse and like probably hardly anybody goes to any of those IGN message boards. I mean, there probably still are people that still go there every day and stuff. But man, it's just crazy to see it just like explode in like almost like a gigantic fashion and stuff after just like one bombshell of a thing just happens just overnight. Literally happened overnight, and all of a sudden we have just this colossal thing we're probably not going to hear like enough of until like around and probably for the rest of the year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and this is something you know, like I, me personally, firsthand not dealt with, but I've dealt with it, uh, and I guess a secondhand sort of way. I don't really know the best way to describe it, but like way back when, when I was uh, just out of high school, I had a girlfriend uh, at the time. And she went to college, and we were doing, like, a long-distance thing. Yeah. And she was attacked by a guy. She was drunk, and some guy forced himself on her. She was able to fight him off, got away. But um, she was really weird for for a couple weeks. took a couple weeks to tell me about it. Uh, And it was, like, I was getting upset with her because I didn't know what was going on. And she was just all of a sudden acting different. And she was scared to tell me because... She didn't know how I was going to react, if I was going to believe her, if I was going to think she tried something else happened, uh, blah, blah, blah. But, um, yeah, I remember, like, it took her, a, you know, a couple, like I said, a couple weeks to tell me. And it took a little bit for our for us to be somewhat normal again. Wow. Uh, so, I mean, and she was a lucky one. She got a, she was able to fight the guy off, get him away. Uh, and there's a lot of women out there that are not. Um, and no. Got a lot worse than that. and dealt with it on multiple occasions like i was reading some i was reading some of the stories about people are uh posting about it and it's just some of the shitty things that women have to deal with just because they're attractive um and it's not fair it's not right um, no it's not like i'm not gonna sit there and say i'm a saint i know i've probably said some comments uh to women that i shouldn't have um, i mean we're we're only human tyler i mean we're yeah, going to say yeah. hateful stuff sometimes without even realizing it or just say something like you think is being nice or charming or yeah. whatever, and it comes off, and you're just like, yeah, you kind of, yeah, it's kind of a shitty thing to say or a shitty thing to do. We've all done it. We've all been there. We've all right. Was, like, there's something we might have said and not even realized it. Like that was a big deal. Maybe to us, it's just a comment to them. It's something way different. Um, and it's just something that I think a lot of us men out there need to realize is like how we act, what we say, what we do. Um, we need to be smarter about it. And I, this is much different. This is. What he did is way worse. Um, yep. Than verbal. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's uh, it's been popping up a lot lately, lately with the uh, Harvey Weinstein shit. Um, oh yeah, all that. because like, I think that's really empowered the whole, not only just the uh, the whole thing in general, but this guy Harvey Weinstein and stuff. Ever since like the whole major bombshells, actress after actress after actress have come forth with what this monster has quintessentially done and stuff. It has given enough confidence. The whole positive thing about this is it's caused a lot more of like positiveness for other women to come forth and say, hey, this is what happened with me and stuff. This is what happened with me and stuff. You know, it's terrible that these incidences have happened, but at the same time, it's like now some women can actually go for, share their story and just cope. Not just cope, but just like, 
recover mentally and stuff from a lot of this tragic shit that has happened. You know, it's uh, yeah. You know, it, you know, it's not an easy way to transition out of this and in the show. But I mean, no, we're probably not the the, the main people to be talking. We're not the people to talk about this. No, uh, we're just two dumb guys out here talking about going to show talking about video games. But uh, to me and to you, I think it was something important to talk about. Um, that we yes, it was. About. Um, and it, it's in the world of gaming. It's something I think that needs to be talked about. And it's kind of a big thing that's going on now. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, fuck you uh, to that guy. Yep. And I hope uh, everything that happens to you negatively for the rest of your life, you deserve it. And I hope, um, yeah, I don't want you to make another dime on that on that website you created um, ever again off your name ever again. I hope you lose pretty much everything. Lose it all because you deserve it. Um so yeah, that's pretty much how I feel. Uh, like I said, not a good way to transition out of the show. I'm sorry for that. Kind of a downer way to end it. But uh, yeah, um, thanks, I guess, for listening uh, to the show. I hope it got you some laughs. And I hope it got you guys to think seriously about some of your life choices and things you do. Um, but uh, yeah, once again, thank you. Um, if you want to hear more from us, we do have a Facebook page and group. It's Drunk Dash Nerds Podcast. Uh, like and join us on there on Twitter uh, at Drunk Nerds Pod. Follow us on there on iTunes, Drunk Dash Nerds Podcast. Subscribe, leave us a five star review. Please leave a comment. Uh, we'll shout you on the show if you do. On YouTube, Drunk Nerds Podcast. Subscribe uh, and like our videos. Podcast goes up in there. Any live streams, anything we do like that goes on there as well. And uh, last but not least, check us out on twitch.tv slash Drunk Nerds Podcast. Um, we're going to, we're, like I said, we're talking about doing some stuff for Extra Life. Uh, we'll let you guys try to let you guys know uh, next week. Try to come up with a plan and let you guys know because I think that might be the last show before Extra Life. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, check us out on there. Follow us on there. Send us a friend request. We like friends. Friends are good. Um, and if you guys don't want to talk, just hit us up. We're not hard to find. We're all over the internet. Um, so yeah, uh, thank you guys so much again for listening. I was your host. I was Tyler. And I have been Colonel Gables. So until next week, everyone, I hope you play plenty of good stuff. I hope plenty of positive vibes, positive stuff happen to you. And you know what? We're just a week away from Mario Odyssey releasing, so woohoo! Let's go! Uh, (laughs) See you guys next week. See ya!